The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. For to us a child is born, for to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and opposing it with justice and righteousness. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Well, it is good to be together here in worship this morning. Uh, if you're new with us, my name is Brian, one of the pastors here. And uh, this past week, I was actually having lunch with another pastor friend of mine, and we were discussing preparations for Christmas. And as we're talking about kind of the story or the message of Christmas, in the conversation, he said something that has kind of been gnawing on me for the last couple of weeks that, uh, uh, well, here's the statement. As we're talking about what Jesus did, he said, you know, Jesus didn't commute to earth. Jesus didn't commute to earth, and instantly I, I really felt like I understood what he was getting at, that you know, Jesus didn't just fly in for you know, a couple of hours to do some ministry and then you know, float back up into his warmth of his heavenly bed or whatever that could have looked like. No, he resided among us. Uh, it's what the passage in the, the um, video we just heard said. In Isaiah 9, 6, it says it this way. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. John 1.14 puts it this way. We read that the word, meaning God, became flesh. Talking about Jesus. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I love the way that the message paraphrase puts this. It says that the word became flesh and blood and then moved into the neighborhood. That God and Jesus Christ, he moved into our neighborhood. He moved into his lives, into our lives. Not Again, not as a commuter, but uh, as a resident. And he did so with a mission. He came with a mission and a purpose. Thus, the, the title of this series, is, if you've been with us in December, is God on Mission. That in Jesus Christ, God came on a mission, and that mission, that purpose, was you and me. In Isaiah 9, 6, it goes on to talk about the nature of that mission. Uh, again, and this, is, uh, this isn't a point of scripture hundreds of years before Jesus even arrives. It's all prophetic about who he would be and who he would come to fulfill. It says that uh, he is wonderful counselor, Jesus is mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. So to break down those mission statements, if you will, first of all, God in Jesus Christ is mighty God. Uh, in other words, he's not just a good person. He's not just a prophet. He's not uh, just an inspirational teacher. No, he is God in the flesh and not just as a commuter, but as a resident uh, caring for us as like an everlasting father the scriptures say. And this is really speaking to the kind of care that Jesus has for us. Everlasting care watching over us. He goes on to say that he is wonderful counselor. And this is a foreshadowing of Jesus' role as, uh, or God's role as the Holy Spirit within us. That's what wonderful counselor is, as a Holy Spirit, that he would be our ultimate guide in all things, all the time, as yes, Jesus came as a resident on earth, but in the wonderful counselor, the Holy Spirit, then God takes up residence literally within us. God is in us. That's what the Holy Spirit's role is, to be God at work in us and through us. And so this is truth. This is the truth for you. This is the case for you and for me if that fourth piece is in play, that we have received him as 
Prince of Peace. Or you could say, really, first is that we would receive him as Prince of Peace, and then all these other things are true. And so what that peace is, what that peace is talking about, it's, you know, it's not like a laying in a hammock on a beach listening to Jimmy Buffett kind of peace. Um, I mean, that's great and all, but uh, this, this is more than just a four-day, three-night vacation from life kind of peace and tranquility. This is a eternal, an eternal peace, a it is well with my soul kind of peace that transcends, it says in Philippians 4, 7, this peace transcends the earth's understanding of what peace is. And God's word goes on to describe this peace. Again, because God came and put on flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood, he is residing among us, and this is what his life looked like. Hebrews 4.15 says that Jesus lived a life just like us, tempted in every way, although it says he never sinned. Nevertheless, Romans 5.8, while we were still sinners, Christ displayed his love for us by dying for us. Matthew 26.28, for the forgiveness of our sins. Thus, helping us or making a way, uh, a reconciliation between us and God, 2 Corinthians 5.18, that we could be reconciled to a relationship with God in Jesus Christ, that the message of John 3.16 would be the case, that Jesus giving his life, God giving his one and only son, would give us the gift of a new life, a new life both here and for all of eternity with him. That truth, that reality, that that is true peace. That is real peace. That is everlasting peace that comes from Almighty God, Everlasting Father, the wonderful counselor God at work within us because he is our Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. It's a powerful prophecy and reality of what it is we celebrate at Christmas. Uh, and in fact, we would agree that if this is the truth for us, if you're here today and it's like, yes, Jesus Christ uh, is the forgiver of my sin, uh, the leader of my life, well then, in what has been described, I have been given much. If this is your truth, if this is your reality, then you have been given much. And Jesus would go on to say, to whom much is given, and, and even if you don't go to church, you've probably heard this phrase, to whom much is given, Jesus said it, he gets the credit, to whom much is given, then much is expected. To whom much is given, much is expected. And so we have been given much in Jesus Christ, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, wonderful counselor within us. And we are then called uh, to take Jesus' mission that he brought for us to then go and live that mission ourselves. That Jesus commissions us uh, to go and do likewise. Jesus, he said it this way, his last words before ascending into heaven after dying and rising when spending 40 days with his disciples, his final words, his kind of marching orders, Matthew 28. Therefore, you now, therefore go and make disciples. And the good news is, you're not on your own. Surely I am with you to the very end of the age. I am with you. And so as we recognize that we have been given much, and that we have a responsibility then with much to be expected that we have in Jesus Christ, someone who goes with us in that mission and who gives us pretty clear how-tos in his word as to what it looks like to live out that mission. It's not like, okay, go for it, go make disciples. Uh, best of luck with that. No, he gives us very specific ways to do that in his word. And a few of those ways we've been examining over the last several weeks if you've been with us. And so if not... Good luck, you get to hear it again, or good news. Uh, and that is this, that we see in God's word that we can pray, we can invest, and we can invite. That we can pray for others, we can invest in their lives, and we can invite them to know the story 
of Jesus Christ that we celebrate each Christmas. And so first off, we are called to pray. 1 Timothy chapter 2 says it very specifically this way. Uh, It says, I urge then, first of all, first thing, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people because there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, and that is the man Jesus Christ who gave himself as a ransom for all people. You see, that's what the heart behind these little ornaments were. Uh, if you were with us a couple weeks ago, uh, we had over 900 of you turn these ornaments in uh, with at least one, if not multiple names or initials of people that you are praying for. So thousands of people uh, in your lives, in our community who we're praying for to know the reality, the truth of who this Jesus is in their lives. And so the uh, decorate all these trees you see behind me, as well as if you, uh, you know, worship in the East Auditorium, we have, you know, a half dozen trees in there with all these ornaments. And uh, we, we as a staff, we're, we're with you. We are joining behind you in those prayers. In fact, this past Wednesday, we all gathered as a staff, uh, 1130 on Wednesday, and we covered each tree. We went by every single ornament and we prayed for every single person and initial by name or initial. In fact, this next coming Monday, we're gonna continue to do that. The elders of the church are gonna gather on next Monday evening and we're gonna do the same thing. We're gonna cover every name on every tree in prayer, joining alongside of you in that prayer. And so I know we did this a couple weeks ago, uh, but this is something that can continue. Continue to pray for those folks in your life that they would know the message of Jesus Christ. Um, And then from there, as you pray, we have to be sensitive then to what God might be saying to us in those prayers as to how he wants us to secondly, invest in their lives. To be, you know, as Jesus took up residence in our lives, we are called to take up a spot of residence in others' lives, to be engaged, to get involved, to a step in. Um, and so that might look like for you, just being a listening ear. That could be a huge step. Um, you know, we, have, we get talked to a lot in our lives but very few people get listened to. And so maybe that's, that's the next opportunity to do something is to actually kind of do nothing, so to speak, by doing some listening in someone's life who needs to hear, uh, someone to hear what's going on. Uh, that's a, that also give you some specific ways to pray for them. Uh, another way you could do this is you know what's going on in their life, maybe enough to know, you know what? I know how I could serve this initial, this name. I know how I could serve them. And it's doing that this Christmas season. Uh, perhaps it's just asking them point blank, hey, how can I be praying for you? And then to, to pray for those specific prayers. Uh, and then another way to uh, plant and water seed, that's what, that's what scripture says. It says that's what we're doing. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, that we plant seed and water seed. Paul says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God makes it grow. And so maybe that planting, that watering takes place in you inviting them to hear the Christmas story, to invite them to join you uh, this Christmas at one of our Christmas services. Uh, And so that's the opportunity we have. In fact, they say that this Christmas, because uh, Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday, that people are that much more likely to respond to an invitation to church. Um, That's what they say. I don't know who they is. But it makes sense to me. In fact, I say that you know, at home. I'm like, you know, Jessica to my wife. I'm like, you know, they say you really should. And she's like, who's they? I don't know, but that's what they say. And so they say that people are more likely to respond to an invitation this Christmas because of the nature of it being uh, Christmas Eve on a Sunday. And so to help you with that uh, in your program, if you want to grab that, there's some invitation cards uh, with our service times on there that you can invite some folks to. I uh, talked with somebody yesterday. He's like, yeah, I've already given out 15 of these. I'm like, 
how? We haven't even given these out at church yet. So somehow they got a hold of them, and so good luck catching up to that person. Um, we recognize also with that we live in a digital age, and so uh, tomorrow morning on our social media platform, there'll be you know, some stuff about Christmas Eve, and you can like, like it, comment on it, share it, tweet it, tweet it, whatever it is that you need to do to get maybe that message out that way. And then also on our website, firstdecatur.org slash Christmas, there's some uh, shareable digital invitations saying, join me at Christmas, uh, that you can email to people. That's usually what I do. I email people with a little fancy uh, digital invitation uh, to join me. And so take advantage of those, um, those invitations to, again, big picture, we have been given much in the mission that God has successfully brought into our lives, and thus we are then called to be uh, giving much, to whom much is given, much is expected, in sharing this opportunity with those in our lives. And so keep praying, keep being sensitive to the Holy Spirit to invest in their lives and invite them. And as we, as we do that, as we understand why we do that, we take some time to remember the much that we have been given. Uh, we do that every week and celebrating something called communion if you're new with us. And so if you're preparing for that, uh, we thank you for those of you who do that and uh, we'd invite you to do that now. And um, as they do that, just a little bit about me. If again, you're newer here, maybe you came today just to hear the, a cute kid sing in your life or something like that. And um, I, I didn't grow up going to church. In fact, uh, not only did I not go to church, I had a strong disinterest in ever having to walk into a church for various reasons. Uh, but I had a good friend uh, later on in high school, who uh, Josh Chittick, who invited me to join him at church. He was praying for me, he was investing me, and he invited me for more than a year uh, with a solid regimen of me saying no in various ways. Uh, no thanks, I'll pass, not for me. Um, even one time I said yes, and he came to pick me up on a Sunday morning. He rang the doorbell, and I just didn't answer the door. Um, I know, I'm an awful human being. I'm, Jesus is working on me. So, uh, But later that, that freshman year in high school, um, I hit, without getting into all the details, kind of a low spot, a pretty dark spot that I was sharing with my, my good friend Josh. In fact, I remember we were walking home from school and we're walking on, I, mean, I remember we were two houses away from my house on Stevenson Lane in Irmo, South Carolina. I remember the exact spot as I'm kind of pouring my heart out. And he's just like, dude, you really should come to church with me. Fine. And so I go. And what I discover is beyond just Josh and his family who are praying for and investing in me, uh, was a group of other people who had been praying for me, who upon my arrival took an interest in me. Uh, they remembered my name, they invited me back, and they continued to invest in my life. And several months later, I was able to piece all together that the common denominator between Josh and his family and this people in this church was the reality of this Jesus Christ. The truth of Isaiah 9, 6, that he is mighty God, that he wants to take up residence in my life through the Holy Spirit uh, as an everlasting father caring for me as my Prince of Peace. And the way that that was made possible is through what we celebrate here in communion, that Jesus Christ gave his life so that we could be forgiven and be given the gift of this life that we celebrate that we have much of. And so on the night that he was with his disciples before he was betrayed to this death to make sure we would never forget the reality of how it all took place, he took bread as a memorial. He said, this bread, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me.
In the same way, he took the cup, saying, this cup is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. For wherever you eat this bread and drink this cup, the, the scriptures say, you are proclaiming, you are remembering, you are celebrating the Lord's death, the way in which this peace was made possible until he comes again. And so you don't have to be a member here at First Christian Church to participate. If Jesus Christ is the Savior and Lord of your life, uh, then we invite you to celebrate and remember what he did for us as you take the bread and take the cup. Uh, and if that's not the truth of your life, if he's not the Prince of Peace and you're just kind of hearing this maybe for the first time or maybe the, for the first time in a long time or maybe just in a new way, well, then today can be that day. You don't have to walk out of this room without at least getting that conversation started. And so as people go and kind of work their way that way, hang back. I'll be up front. And I'd be happy to have that conversation, to get the conversation started, not with me so much, but between you and God. And so let's pray together as we remember uh, what it is that made all of this much we've been given possible. Heavenly Father, in your goodness, you gave your one and only son who would then give his life that we might be given the gift of a new life. We have been given much and Father, I just pray that you would continue to move our hearts as we pray for and invest and invite uh, the, the little 15-year-old Brian Talties in, in each of our lives, those names and initials on all those ornaments. But God, we start here by worshiping you, giving credit for who you are and what you have done to make all of that much possible as our Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen.